Hello, church, and once again, welcome to the FUMC Borough Podcast. I'm Ben Shaw, the Director of Modern Worship and Media here at the church. I want to remind you about an exciting service opportunity that's coming up this next week. Uh, Last year, we had our first FUMC Serve Sunday, where we went out into our community to spread the love of Christ. However, COVID-19 kind of got in the way of our plans for doing the same thing again this year, so we kind of had to put everything on hold. But our Serve Him team has come up with a new way for us to do it safely and effectively. We're calling it Seven Days of Service. So next week, November 19th through the 26th, there will be multiple service projects scheduled for each day of the week for all skill levels to get involved, as well as some DIY service project ideas that you can do from home. The registrations are available on our website now. Head on over to fumcm.org and click on the Connect tab to get to our event registrations. We would love for you to join us this coming Sunday at 8.30 a.m. for Modern Worship, 10.30 a.m. for Traditional Worship, and 9.30 a.m. for Sunday School. We have both virtual and in-person options for all three times. So head on over to the website for more information. We are very glad that you have chosen to be with us here in ministry at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we pray that we can all live into our mission of growing disciples of Jesus Christ who know Him, love Him, and serve Him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. Now here is our senior pastor, Reverend Drew Shelley, as he brings us a message from Matthew 25 called Investment and Return. Will you pray with me before we hear our gospel lesson and begin our sermon together? Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you that you're with us, that you gather us together on this day through time and space, and that we're able to hear from you through your word. We pray that you would send your Holy Spirit in a very fresh and real and powerful way as we listen carefully for what you say to us today. Open our hearts and minds and give us ears to hear. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our gospel lesson today is from Matthew's gospel, chapter 25, the 14th through the 30th verses. Let us hear the word of God. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had received two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents." His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed me two talents. See, I've made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. 
Then the one who had received the one talent came also forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bank, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they who will have an abundance. But for those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of God. For the people of God, thanks be to God. I remember Mr. Gordon, who ran the farm I worked on in high school, the one I've told you about before. We worked so hard on that place, and some days nothing went right. Absolutely nothing went right. Equipment broke, usually because of me. Animals got out. We didn't get anything accomplished. We'd close up for the night and stop and drink some water from the hose pipe before heading home. Mr. Gordon could sense our discouragement as we stood around, and he'd say, Boys, just one question. Did you leave it all on the field today? Yes, sir, we'd say. All is on the field, and then some. He'd say, Well, that's all that matters. The broken pieces of today are the building blocks of tomorrow. I think he heard it from a hopeful football coach somewhere along the way. But it certainly got us through times of frustration there on the farm. The church has been frustrated with this parable for generations. There are many good interpretations out there, each with its own imperfect rationale. It's hard to know which one is best. As I read this parable, I'm reminded of the importance for praying for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and also for engaging our brains to interpret and think carefully through what we're hearing as we listen for the voice of Jesus. Many theologians take this text as a really plain exposition on putting your talents to work for the kingdom of God. For Matthew, this is about money. Two slaves double the master's money and good things happen. The master rewards them for their faithfulness. We all like that idea. The third slave digs a hole, hides the money in the ground, and does nothing. He is called wicked and lazy, thrown into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Perhaps a bit harsh, but fair, especially when read through the lens of our own economic system, capitalism, Other theologians say, well, that's where the mistake is. Jesus wouldn't have told it through the lens of capitalism. They really didn't have that. So is this told through the Roman economy, or is it told through God's economy? Or then you have the legitimate problem of understanding God as the master. He's been away. He's coming back. We get that. But God as a harsh man, reaping where you do not sow and gathering where you do not scatter. And why would God have slaves? That can't be right. Perhaps the third slave is actually the hero, speaking truth to power, refusing to participate in these evil endeavors. He does look more like Jesus. He gets put out into intense suffering. Jesus will, in a few days, be put out himself speaking truth to power, Pilate, 
suffering, dying on a cross, the humiliating death of an enemy of the state, put in the ground like that third slave's talent. And then verse 29, it's so terrible. For those who have, more will be given. And for those who have nothing, even that will be taken away. Did Jesus forget that his name means God with us? This sounds like God against us. This is where we have to think through the whole span of Matthew's gospel and the other parables Jesus is telling in this setting. We heard one last week that is very complementary to a plain sense reading of this particular text. Now, we also know that Matthew's gospel has an edge to it. There is a great concern for the return of Jesus, for the people of God to be found ready, hand on the plow, doing God's work in this world. There is a very Jewish sense of reward for faithfulness and judgment that is fair and just, but judgment nonetheless. It makes our modern sensibilities uncomfortable, but it's still there. We can't just throw it out. That first interpretation seems to fit a little better with Matthew's general tone, which is, Hey, people, God has called you to the work of the kingdom. Jesus went to a lot of trouble to make sure you could be on the team. Don't just stand there. Get to work. And we know Jesus taught in parables. There's a main idea. Everything else is just fluff, which shouldn't distract us from the point. As, as old Mark Twain said, never let a few facts get in the way of a good story. Still, this is a tough parable that challenges us at so many levels. I suppose that's right. Uh, scripture isn't doing its job unless it's con comforting the afflicted and afflicting the comfortable. But there is yet a third way of understanding this parable. You see it in the actions of the three slaves. The first two were willing to take a tremendous risk. That first slave was given $2.5 million in today's money. The second slave given a million dollars. Can you imagine your boss giving you that much money with almost no direction? What happens if you lose it? Are you personally responsible for it? You may be like me. I specialize in nonprofit. You give me $1,000, I'm going to give you $800 back and say, at least we had fun. <laughs> what does it mean that these first two were willing to risk so much in their service to the master? What did they know about the master that encouraged them to risk so much? And what does it mean that the third, who was only given a half a million, was terrified to risk anything? I think we find the answer in the third slave's perception of the master. If you perceive your master as a harsh man, empty of grace, you will be afraid to risk anything. On the other hand, if you have come to understand your master as generous, trusting, hopeful, and gracious, you'll risk everything to further his work. In today's Christianity, a battle rages over our perception of God, our master. Is God a harsh taskmaster waiting for you to mess up? Is God standing with arms folded, angry at the world, waiting to launch the fiery arrows of judgment? Or is God the loving parent, generous with all the riches of heaven, lavish with love and forgiveness, always believing the best about us until it becomes true, inviting even imperfect us into this sacred work of loving the world back to life one heart at a time, loving us enough to challenge and correct us toward a better way of life, even if it hurts a bit in the process. Our perception of God matters so much. On the one hand, 
We live as tight-fisted, selfish slaves, greedily hanging on to whatever crust of bread we believe God has given us. We judge. We look with a critical eye. We're angry with anybody who doesn't believe exactly like we do. We worry so much that we might make a misstep that we fail to do anything worthwhile for the kingdom of God. On the other hand, hearts and hands open like flowers, a blessing for the world. We share, we engage, we risk everything God has given us so that we can accomplish much for the kingdom of God. We feel safe, loved, and anxious to do good in the name of this God. The fruit that comes is so lavish, so overwhelming that we can't help but do it all over again. If you keep reading Matthew 25, you encounter a bit more context that helps us understand this thing at a deeper level. God, our master, is the same one who celebrates with delight when God's people have treated those whom society has called the least with the most lavish expressions of God's love. This is the God who says, For when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. When I was naked, you gave me clothes. When I was sick, you took care of me. When I was a prisoner, you came to see me. This is Emmanuel, God with us, especially present in the least among us, giving up his godliness to take on a vulnerability that opens hearts and minds and shows us what true love, true community, true heaven looks like. This is the God who invites us to leave it all on the field. What will you do? By God's grace, the broken pieces of today might just be the building blocks of tomorrow. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you would like more information about how to get involved here at FUMC, you can find us online at fumcm.org or by searching FUMC Borough on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Have a great week.